Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity.
everyone. OMG, this is a new year, a new show, a new, a brand new everything, a fresh start. Everyone, you are listening to Bonnie Albers on air 2018. Oh my goodness gracious, are we here already? I'm so excited. I hope all of you had a nice, happy holiday. And uh, a wonderful beginning to a new year. Oh, my goodness. I have the guy that's going to tell you about what's going on in astrology in this new January. And we have a lot of changes, things that I'm just shaking in my shoes about. But what's really cool is my next guest, and you all know him as Dr. Ron Cole. He is a famous world nationally known astrologist he predicted this cold weather we're all having and i'll let him tell you about it in just a second so everyone i can't believe i'm back on the radio i am so excited i've had two-week hiatus and oh my goodness i missed you all so much live i know my show is on pre-recorded and you know we all did uh prediction shows so that's going to be Super exciting to see uh, if, when, if and when, and how many of the predictions, the different folks that I've had on, medium psychics, uh, have actually predicted what 2018 has to come. Already, Jerry Humphreys has given some pretty great predictions and starting to come to fruition right off of the bat, and he will be here tomorrow, and we'll talk about those. But, oh, I'm so happy to be back. I feel like I'm back home, and you know this show means a lot to me. Again, I'm Bonnie Albers, and you are listening to Bonnie Albers On Air 2018. Woohoo! I am now going to introduce you to my friend, my birthday buddy. He actually has the same birthday as I do, 714. He is a cancer baby on the 14th which is like how crazy and we don't have the same years i'm still uh, a baby compared to him no really i'm not but i am so excited to introduce you to dr ron cole hi ron hello bonnie and hello listeners a pleasure to talk with everyone in 2018 Wow, I am so excited, Ron. You and I have been together this holiday season, and we've had some pretty cool uh, sightings. We w- both went to SeaWorld, and we saw all the fabulous and beautiful lights for the holidays. Uh, we saw some great shows, and I that was one of my holiday presents, and I'm so happy I got to spend that time with you. But, Ron, before we start, I want you to tell everyone how you predicted this weather through astrology. Throughout all of 2017 in all of my classes, my lectures, uh, to my occasional astrology client readings whenever the subject came up, I was telling everybody to get ready for the winter of 2017 to 18. And I'll explain why. You can see the type of weather a particular season will is when you look at what is occurring astrologically at the exact moment that that new season starts. So you can look at the the spring equinox 
or the summer solstice, the fall equinox, or in this case, the winter solstice, and see what the configurations were. Well, I knew a year or more in advance, actually from 2016, uh, that on December the 21st, 2017, Saturn will be entering zero degrees Capricorn just as that day is starting and the 20th is ending. And then in the day of the 21st, the actual day that winter started, the sun entered zero Capricorn and there was an exact Saturn sun alignment sitting right at the same degree of the zodiac, zero degrees Capricorn. Now, when you study astrology, you'll find out that Saturn is connected to cold weather, heavy wind, heavy of ice, a lot of sleet. And I said to everyone, that is an indication of a very cold winter coming up. And that will actually be the entire season. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be as cold as it is now until March, but then we still have the Saturn-Sun alignment creating the winter season all the way until about March 21st when the new spring season will start. And then that will have a whole new chart, and this one will go out of effect. Now, Bonnie, was it about a month ago, early December, we were, were in a show together? Yes, we were right before the holiday season because we wanted to talk about Mercury retrograde. I think it was right before the retrograde, actually. That's right. And the retrograde occurred on December. December. So we might have been the last few days of November or the first two days of December. But I mentioned on that show, and any of you can go back to the archives to see if they have not been tampered with. They are the original dialogue that we had a month ago. I mentioned to everyone, get ready because this cold winter is coming up. I even told my classes, in fact, you were in one of my classes, one of my workshop classes at the beginning of February of 2017, and I was telling everyone this winter coming up, which was almost a year away, was going to be a really cold one. Well, Saturn will do this. In astrology, this is the cold-producing planet. And I just said to someone, this just proves how astrology works. When certain alignments come together, you can see the results of what that means. And the Saturn-Sun alignment means a restriction of the warmth. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to have always brutal conditions like this all winter long. We will have warm-up periods. We will have uh, uh, relief times. But it's going to still return in various forms, uh, cool or cold or rainy or uh, sleet, more like sleet or snow, wind until we really get until the clarity of the spring and we get beyond this chart. This chart is a three-month-long chart from the beginning of the winter solstice, and it will end at the beginning of the spring equinox, again, three months later. Absolutely. Ron, can you hear me? I certainly can. Okay, good, because I'm having trouble with blog talk. The beginning of January. How you mean you haven't been able to hear me clearly? I can hear you, but it's been off and on, and we are having trouble with the board. Let's hope we get. Well, now you're coming off and on. What? You're coming a little bit off and on to me as you were talking. I know, and it's just crazy because I have this on three different devices, so I know it's not me. It's 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 uh it, it it's. Maybe 
maybe the weather, you know, because the weather with uh, the internet, sometimes this is what's happened. Could be that the line is frozen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> some line is frozen, right. Uh, or we have too much energy on the online. But, uh, but Ron, you know, what's really interesting is the Saturn, it's what, I think you were telling me in that class, it was Pluto, with Saturn, with Capricorn, wasn't it? And that was what with the cold weather was all about? Well, predominantly Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. And this is the first time since 1989 or 1990, since that long length of time, that's the last time Saturn was in Capricorn. It was there like 19, late 1986, 1987, 1988, 1989, and maybe briefly in the year 1990. And then it's been in all the other signs of the zodiac until December 21st. Then it re-entered its own sign of Capricorn, and everybody around the world who's very uh, proficient in astrology has been writing about this saying Saturn is in its own sign now. Saturn's very powerful. Saturn's come home to its ruling sign of Capricorn, and it's going to be there for a, a while. It doesn't actually leave, and then when it does leave, it's going to go into Aquarius. It doesn't leave till March 22nd of the year 2020. So that means well, we've got the past week of 2017, all of 2018, all of 2019, and the first quarter of 2020. Is it, do you feel that it's going to stay cold for the two years or, or have colder no, only, aspects only to this it? winter. Only this winter, because that's when Saturn entering the new sign uh, is kind of like a shockwave in the zodiac, because it only does that about every two and a half years. And then it entered its own sign this time, and it entered it within hours of the sun starting a new season and entering that same sign, Capricorn. Now, in a few days here, I think it's the 17th, 16th, actually, and 17th of January, we're going to have six planets in Capricorn. Um, we're going to have, that'll be the new moon. So the sun will be in Capricorn. The moon will be I in Capricorn. That, Mercury is going to be in Capricorn. Venus is going to be in Capricorn. Saturn is going to be in Capricorn. And Pluto is in Capricorn. Six planets. Well, what does that mean, Ron? What does that mean? Why are all those planets? And, and Capricorn's the pretty earthly, weighty, you know, run by Saturn uh, zodiac. What does that mean that all of those planets are going to be in Capricorn right now? What can we expect and see? Uh, children being born anytime from the beginning of winter, December 21st, all the way until we get uh, actually a ways into um, the ending of November. I'm sorry, uh, going in the wrong direction, January to early February. We're going to have a lot of heavy Capricorn placements. So these children are going to come in with some really serious business instincts, some very deep, reflective, hard work ethic, and some really high-level industriousness. But what does it mean for us? Well, it means that we are, one of the hallmarks of 2018 is large numbers of planets in feminine signs. Now, this is the way signs are described. Some are masculine. Some are feminine, and the masculine signs are fire, 
and their air. But the feminine signs are earth signs and water signs. And we will have all of the slow-moving planets in feminine signs from May 15th onward. And we're having heavy lineups in feminine signs right now because Capricorn is one of them. And that's the key for this year. Now, what do I mean by all the slow-moving planets? Well, from Jupiter through Pluto. Right now, Jupiter is in the feminine sign of Scorpio. Saturn is in the feminine sign of Capricorn. Uranus is going to change signs this year. And this is one of the biggest hallmarks of importance for 2018. Uranus has been in Aries for seven years, going to leave Aries and move into Taurus on May 15th, the middle of May, 2018. And that Taurus is a feminine sign. So Uranus will join the group for being in a feminine sign because it's an earth sign. Neptune is in the feminine sign of Pisces. And Pluto is in the feminine sign of Capricorn. Now, Bonnie, this is going to mean that this is a year of increasing power for women to come out with their true power, their true understanding, because feminine signs are related to people born in feminine bodies, among many other things. Wow. So that's one of the ways they work. And this is a sign of female empowerment. Now, it's already started with one level with this hashtag Me Too movement of people yes. exposing abusers in the past, sexual abusers. That's the first beginning of it. But actually... We don't have all the planets quite in feminine signs yet. We, we do have quite a few, but Uranus is the one holdout. And once that changes signs and leaves Aries masculine behind and enters Taurus feminine, it'll be there for seven years. So this is a sign that this is the year in which women are not only going to break through glass ceilings, but they're going to become much stronger in understanding their own power in their intuition, in their spirituality, in their capacity to handle work in any level and on any degree. And this is a year to not be afraid, not to hold back. And I'm talking now to females, not to stay in a limited situation. This is a time to understand that as far as creation balance energy goes, the feminine is equal to the masculine in all ways. And we've been kept ignorant of that for centuries. We've been given the spoon-feeding idea that women are uh, the weaker, you know, the subservient role. And in reality, the female is equal in empowerment to the male, but it's a different way that that empowerment is handled and activated. And this year is a transitional breakthrough year, 2018, in which all across the world, not just in the U.S. or Canada, not just in Europe, but across the planet, women are going to be gaining greater rights. Women are going to be gaining greater positions of power. And women across the world are going to be coming into acknowledgement of the power that they have that they may never have been able to express or may never have been able to freely understand until now. 
Well, you know what, Ron? I am so happy you have said that, although I, I, with one side always goes the other, which you know. And, and what I love is that equal, it used to be that we had goddess energy, that goddess energy ran the world or the universe, actually not so much our world, but the universe. And for some reason, we let that go. And goddess energy to me is, and I, well, I got to tell you, though, I love the yin and the yang. I love male just as much as I love female. And I don't feel like one could go on without the other. But the goddess strength is all about love, about uh, intuition, about understanding. And I love that. And, yeah, we have started that train rolling at the end of 2017, which is really interesting. So I, I think this is so cool, Ron, that we can see this actually in uh, in astrology. I know I've stopped you, but what else is important, especially for January? Unless there's nothing really. I know we've had two. We're going to have two big moons. One we've already That's had. Big, which can you please explain that and the next one coming? Yes, in fact, that's true. New Year's Day, the very first day of this century, or not the century this year, I mean, getting near the ending of this decade, we have had a full moon. And that means as the year started, it started on a full moon day. January 1st was the closest full moon to the Earth of the entire year. So I would call it a super, super moon because it is going to be or has been already the brightest uh, clearest, uh, most largest size full moon. This was January 1st, and it occurred at 11 degrees, 38 minutes, Cancer. To have a full moon, Yay! you're going to have to have opposite signs. And this is the only full moon of the year that's in Cancer, because the sun was in Capricorn. Well, what does that tell you? The full moon in Cancer is in its own sign. That's the sign the moon rules, Cancer. And it's yes. the sign of goddess energy. It's the sign of the female. It's the sign of the female empowerment. It's the sign of the role of females in any identity in society, from the child bearer to the full equal empowerment, independent thinking and acting woman. And so the year starts out with the full moon in the feminine power principle, lunar ruled sign of cancer. And we are going to have a second full moon this this month. Now, that's called a blue moon. And a lot of people, I mean, I hear this every time. Every time they mention there's a blue moon, people will call me and they'll say, oh, I looked at the moon and it was blue. It had a bluish haze. And I said, it has <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with the color blue. And by the way, if anyone yeah. is listening, they run into that comment, you need to tell the people, stop. That's not true. The reason why it, we say it's as rare as a blue moon, that, that old expression, because it's very rare to have two full moons in one month. Now, the next one is January 31st. That's the blue moon, and it's going to be at um, 11 degrees, 37 minutes Leo. And by the way, just in case you've got some record keepers out there, it's going to be happening at 8.28 a.m. Eastern Time. And I'll always get things in Eastern time and wherever the time zone you are in, you could adjust it. So it's 8.28 a.m. Eastern time on January 31st. Um, now, why did it get that name Blue Moon? Well, flowers in nature are rarely blue. Uh, you might have a morning glory as an occasional blue flower, but you don't really see blue flowers. And 
there was an old adage that blue is a rare color. We see it in the sky, but we don't see it with flowers and flowering plants. And so blue was kind of called the rare color in very ancient times. And so because two full moons in one month is rare, long, long, long ago, people started calling the second full moon a blue moon, just like there are rare blue flowers. It's rare to have two full moons. But people will argue with you and they'll say, oh, no, 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 it, it turned blue. It has a bluish haze. It has a bluish halo. The moon isn't clear white. It has a bluish sheen. It has nothing to do with the color of the moon. It's just because of the rarity of blue. Now we've got blue in the sky and we have in other ways, but the flower essence is what this is referring to. Well, you know what, Ron, is really cool is this. So we have a cancer moon, which is, well, cancer rules the moon, and we had the largest right. moon in the beginning. And then we have a Leo moon running the blue moon, which is masculine, right? It's masculine. Yes, and that's the sun, Leo. At, and both those, cancer, I learned from you, cancer and Leo are the only two planets that don't go retrograde or that, that you say don't right. go. Or am I correct? Am I so there are two rulers retrograde. Right. And the, the really cool thing is it's beginning the 2018 year. Before we go to the phone lines, because I know you've got a lot of people that want to ask you some, some urology questions. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do a urology question. I'll turn this over to an expert there. <laughs> right. You, yeah. I mean, I just had to do that for 2018 because it's what I... I had to have a urology comment. It wouldn't be the beginning of a year if we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So that's right. So, But the thing is that I wanted everyone to know, for me, that means, and I'm going to ask you as the astrologist, for me, that means strong feminine in the beginning, a leading at the end by a strong masculine, which to me tells me, Ron that yin and yang have to be equal in order to be a great year. And I feel because it began in January, which is one, one. So, you know, this is a, everybody says this is an angelic year, uh, that we have the feminine and the masculine so strong, a blue moon bringing in the masculine, a feminine super moon. I mean, this is going to be the year that everything is equal Things come to light, and I believe this is going to be, because of all those planets in Capricorn, a great earthly, positive, monetarily good year. What do you feel? Well, I want to make a comment before I answer that about the year. That second blue moon of January 31st is also a total solar, sorry, I keep saying that because of our year, total lunar eclipse. I've been so used to saying the solar eclipse is coming in 2017. Now, this one is a total lunar, and it's going to be happening at 828 a.m. Eastern time. So the sun will have risen already for the eastern uh, state, and it will, of course, be quite uh, full daylight sunlight in Europe. But on the Pacific coast, in Pacific time, this will be at 528 a.m., And that means those of you who are in Pacific time or mountain time will be able to see this lunar eclipse because it will still be dark. Um, So that second uh, full moon is also a a total eclipse. The moon will turn 
deep blood red orange in color. It won't be this big, bright, white, shiny moon that we always see. It will dull in color, and that's because the Earth is passing between the direct sunlight on one side of us and the moon on the other side of us, and the Earth's shadow covers the full moon's surface, and we get a, a lunar eclipse. So, and there aren't going to be any full moons at all in February, because this one occurs January 31st. But guess what, Bonnie? We're going to have two full moons in March. So we're going to have another blue moon. Um, the first ah, one. Well, how rare March, is that? I mean, that is so rare. There's no full moons at all in February. One is January 31st. The next one is March 2nd. And that one is. Um, going to be a full moon at 11 degrees, 23 minutes, Virgo. Now, do you see the trend? The one January 1st was 11 Cancer. The one January 31st, the eclipse, 11 Leo. The next one, March 2nd, 2018, is 11 Virgo. Well, the blue moon of that month, or second full moon, will be March 31st, the last day of March, and that one will be at 10 degrees, 45 minutes of Libra. Now, that one is 10, not 11, and that tells us something. All of these moons that are at 11 degrees, the one that happened January 1st, the total lunar eclipse uh, full moon of January 31st, and that full moon on March the 2nd are all super moons. They are all moons being the closest when they are to the Earth. Now, none of them coming up will be quite as big or bright or as close as the one January 1st, but they're going to be quite close. So they're all going to be bigger and brighter than the average full moon. But when we get to March 31st, we end the uh, super moon cycle, and the moon will look at its regular appearance or begin to look more regular in size and, and light intensity because we have ended the, the super moons of the year. Wow. Well, do you know what? What I, I'm going to ask you once, once, what, Ron, does that mean? Does it mean that the 11 illuminates the pathway for three months, and then we go on to the our regular path with the illumination already set? How does that look for a future in people? If we were looking at what those, what that means. Well, 11 in numerology is a special number. It's not added together as 1 and 1 equals 2 and break it down to a standard 2. It's called an 11 2 and because it's a double-digit number, 11. And so what that means is that's a power principle number. That's a number of an old soul. That's a number of evolvement. That's a number of spirituality. That's a number of high-level mysticism. And so we've got three lunar full moon in a row at 11 degrees, and the middle one on January 31st is also a total lunar eclipse. So that means we're starting out this year with a great degree of powerful spiritual energy based on the numerological indication of the moon, and then we're going to start going into 10 degrees and 9 degrees and 8 degrees full moon as the year goes on. We won't have 11 anymore, and these three 11s are all reoccurring at that same degree in Cancer, in Leo, in Virgo, because that's the point where the moon happens to be the closest to the Earth at this time. And these full moons keep capturing that number, 11, and they also capture the fact that they're super moons, they're close to the Earth moon. So that's wow, very powerful. I, 
with spirituality. Yeah. That's very powerful for mystical enfoldment. And feminine signs, Virgo, Capricorn, Taurus, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, those are the six feminine signs, earth and water, are all very orientated towards spirituality, mysticism, intuition, and mystical explanations and understanding. I love this. I am so excited for the start of 200, 2018. <laughs> I am just crazy, crazy happy it started. Ron, before we get to the phone lines, and for you, one, I, I want you to introduce yourself and tell everybody what you offer. We didn't get to that till the end, and I'm, I'm sad last time that I didn't because uh, everyone, Dr. Ron Cole is an astrologist that does charts. He does your birth chart. He does every kind of chart for medicine. He does for if you need medical procedures. He does updates. He's, he does everything you could think of. And many people, many professionals use Dr. Ron Cole for, uh, for, when it, for life cycles. And it's important, first of all, of course, your birth chart, but also updates. And I get an update every six months, it seems, Ron, because so many things have happened or are trying to happen or that I want to know about. But you do offer this. And how can people get a hold of you, Ron, if they should want a private reading from you? Well, um, here are two email addresses. You're free to use either one uh, to contact me. I give very lengthy readings. They are quite involved and quite detailed. And I just was thinking, and now as we're entering 2018, this is my 47th year in astrology, doing astrology work, doing astrology research, 47 years, because I started wow. in 71. Um, so you can reach me at livingastro, L-I-V-I-N-G-A-S-T-R-O, livingastro, at AOL.com. That's one email. And the second email is my full name. And this is not capitalized in any way, so you could use uh, non-capital letters. It's Ronald Cole, Ronald and then C-O-L-E, Ronald Cole, 945, 945 at gmail.com. And you can contact me and ask, ask questions, uh, request to set up an appointment, and I would be very honored to do it. Well, Ron, I can't think of anybody or really anyone who I would trust, as, and, and you are my personal astrologist. So, again, everyone, I don't like advertising, but the people I have on the show are important to me. They do this for a living, and so if you ask me who I recommend, these are going to be the people I recommend. Anyway, we are going to get to the phone lines. Just remember any astrology and urology question that you have on your brain, you can ask Dr. Cole, but, the, but it has to be um, – you, if you want to ask personally about your chart, you have to know your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign, and, and all the really information about that, though, Bonnie, because I don't have yes. their full chart in front of me, so I have to actually have questions about astrology, about what we're talking about, about some of the trends coming up this year. I mean, I would, astrology is not psychic ability. You actually have to have a, a visual creative chart in front of you to look at, and then delineate or talk or read and answer questions or just go through the uh, information. And that 
The one right. drawback about an astrologer is you can ask general questions about astrology, but you can't say what kind of year am I going to have or what's going on in my no, chart. No, but, or what? But I can't Ron, do if that. They do know where but if they knew, do know where their north or south node and then what house it is, you could, couldn't you? If they tell you the south node is the eighth house. We can talk about yeah. overall things. Yeah. So I'm going to get to the phone line. And everyone, you hear what's going on, you hear what's happening, you know what's starting the year for you and for everyone. Ron, is there anything before we get there? We did have predictions, and we didn't ask you for predictions, but is there any Well, we've got another lunar eclipse coming up. This is the only one in January. We have a total lunar eclipse on July 27, 2018. Wow. And that one is going to be at 4 degrees, 45 minutes Aquarius. So the sun will be at 4.45 Leo, and the eclipsing full moon will be at 4.45 Aquarius. Now, again, for us in the eastern time zone, it's going to be at 4.22 p.m. in the afternoon, right in the middle of daylight. And so it is unlikely that much of this part of the world, including uh, to the Pacific Ocean and even backing up a kind of close to Europe, uh, some of Europe will be able to see this, especially Eastern Europe, but not so much Western Europe because it will still be light. Um, but this will be another lunar eclipse coming up this year. Well, I am excited, everyone. We are getting to the phone lines. I can't wait. I want to say Happy New Year to everyone. And you know what? I didn't even sing. This is what bothered me. I almost got on to sing, Ron, at the end of the, even though I ended my show, I think it's December 12th, 14th, something like that, because I, I was going away. And uh, I didn't sing Old Lang Syne. But you know what's so funny? I go to sing Old Lang Syne and I only know three lines. Let old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. And then I don't know anything else. And I'm sure I'm not seeing it right. But, but I just know I'm I going to download there, it. I'm not a singer. <laughs> Do you know how to sing it? No, I'm not a singer. I can't help you there. So which, that's enough for uh, sufficient to say that can be all laying designed for the sentiment for everyone. That's right. Uh, and I promise everyone I'll get the words so we can all sing it. But anyway, I'm going to get to the phone line. 561, you are on with Dr. Ron Cole. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Who are we, who are we speaking with? This is Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Do you have an astrological question you'd like to ask? Well, I want to know what year I'm in for this year. I'm sorry, I you couldn't mean, hear like, the phone call. I would I'm like to sure know what, what number. Excuse me. You're you're asking. I'm not understanding either. Are you asking Chinese wise? Are you asking what you number? Know, like a year one or year or you know like a year. What year I'm in based on my birth date. Okay. I, all you have to do, Ron, I don't think this is an astrological question. but well, I think it could be Chinese astrology. Chinese astrology happens to be the ending now very soon of the year 
of the fire rooster and we're starting the year of the dog, but I need to find out, is it an earth dog, a wind dog, a, a water dog, a metal dog? It won't be fire because we just can't want fire. So um, the year of the dog starts in the oriental zodiac. Oh. So if you're asking if you're asking 2018, um, we walked into 2018. I think as a one one. It's a one year, a one one year, if I'm not correct. But isn't that's there, usually numerology. Okay, isn't there where they add up your birth, your birthday and year, and then they tell you what? Um, maybe I'm not saying asking the question right, but as to say, it, I'm in a Okay. Oh, that, I just, I would, that's a numerology reading. What they do is yeah, they take yeah. your year, break it down, and they count how many vowels you have in your name, how many consonants, and break that down, those two. Uh, but, um, for example, um, you you would have um, the, the year we're coming into is a two year because if you add yeah. uh, 2018, eight and one is nine plus it's an 11-2 year that we started, but that's all I know because I'm not a, a student of, of numerology. I am, though, and I just want to tell everybody before I pick 719 up is this. The number 2 or 1-1, one, one, which is an angelic year, is all about couples. It's about, it's about duality. It's about two. It's about, like, Gemini or really Pisces, the fish. So what it is, is it's all about coupling. It's all about adding another person or another something into your life. It's about partnerships. It's about relationships. So this is going to be the year of partnerships, relationships, um, friendships. It's all about adding something else. So you're not single. It's two, if, if you get that. So I am going to go, oh, my whole board fell off. So let me, um, oh, my God, and I don't know why. Okay, Ron. So, 856, you are on with Ron. Hi. Hi, this is Laura in New Jersey. Hi, Hello. Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fabulous. Hopefully, you have an astrology question for Ron. Well, the, I don't know about my son and all that. I just know... Usually, I just give my birthday and the time that I was born, and they tell me the rest. Well, that's that goes into a chart. So, what what Ron wants to answer is any general urology astrology question. <laughs> so, um, no urology so, is a signification. That here. would be mine. And that would be me. So the thing is that um, uh, today we are doing astrology and anything in the skies that you, you are uh, like that you'd like to know about the moons, about the stars, about what's going on. Um, so that's what we're asking uh, today from Ron. Yeah, you know about it. You have to know all that sun rising and everything. I don't know that stuff, so I will let you. Well, go let. Well, let me ask you while you're here, Laura, because I don't want to, I, I always enjoy putting you on the air. How are you and what's going on with the new year for you? Uh, nothing new. I'm, I have a phone interview scheduled for tomorrow, so hopefully something will come from that. 
but well you, know, you just I'm be as sure. wonderful as you are and you will do really well on that phone interview is this a job you really want uh i think so i mean it's in the it's in a hospital industry and it's a good hospital so i i don't know until i hear more about it from the recruiter i guess i need to get more details before i really know for sure well, hey, Ron, you know what's interesting? Well, you know, I'm going to put I'm going to put some astrology in here, Ron. So, I let, so it's a Capricorn. It's all about work, right? This month. Yeah, the sun's in Capricorn from December 21st to January 21st. And that is uh, so isn't that- arguably, arguably one of the hardest working signs, maybe the hardest working sign. Oh, so, don't, well, so how do, well, so what are you, Laura? What sign are you? I'm a Libra. So you're balanced. And then you've got, and then you're looking for a job in a Capricorn month or a Capricorn actually two and a half years. I, you know, Ron, I mean, you know, this is just uh, psychically seeing, but, you know, I think for people, and especially since nothing is retrograde, is it? That it's all just. That's absolutely right. The last retrograde ended yesterday. Uranus went direct stopped retrograding, and we're going to be in a no-retrograde period now from January 3rd to March the 9th, 2018. That's over two months, January 3rd to March 9th. There are no retrogrades. And then on the uh, 10th, uh, Jupiter, I believe, goes retrograde. That's 10th of March. Yeah, so you know what? I feel like all systems go, Laura. If you want this job, do your put your best foot forward because I feel like this is going to happen for you. Yeah, that's uh-huh. one of the things we have clear retrogrades now, no retrogrades. Nothing is backing up. All planets are moving direct. All planets are moving forward. That is much more uh, positive for achieving a goal or setting an objective and having it happen or entering into new territory or new work or new directions. That's much more positive. Um, because we don't have anything in it, so to speak, subconscious or backing up or uh, non-direct state. We have everything, Mercury through Pluto going forward and direct, and that is all to your advantage. Yeah, so all people, isn't that, you know, all people that are working, that are looking for jobs in the next four months, there's nothing retrograde unless it's something in their chart, and then they'd have to get well, a actually, private reading with but, them. And it changes anyway. People who are moving, people who are uh, planning on having a child, if the child is due and will be born before the 9th or 10th, actually, before the 10th of March, that child will have no retrogrades in their chart. They will not have a retrograding planet. So that child will have everything on full speed ahead, 100 degrees focused to the now and the future of this life. And um, they're not necessarily bringing any karmic retrograde energies to work with because retrograde planets have a repeating pattern of karma or repeating pattern of intertwining with karmic people and situations that you once had been involved with before. And now there isn't any retrograde, so we've got everything full speed ahead and we don't have any karmic repeating from past lives. I love that. You know, I I can't believe that because all these kids and people, and there's going to be a lot of them born in the next four months, including one of our friends has the grandbaby coming, and they have no karmic responsibility in their chart. 
maybe that came off a little miscorrect. They don't have any planets backing up. And if a planet is retrograde, then they have certain repeat obligations, whatever that planet represents, to deal with in their chart. When you're born with no retrogrades, that means you don't have any particular planet. Now, I'll give you an example. Somebody born with a retrograde Venus, uh, especially in a man's chart, that means every woman he's going to date, fall in love with, or be attracted to is very, very likely not, not a new soul for him, but a soul that he has been involved with in some kind of way in a past life. But now they're rekindling or restating. So they're somebody born without retrogrades, they're not necessarily going to have to deal with that. They're going to have clear sailing new souls. They're not necessarily going to draw people back in again with uh, retrograde Venus. Uh, so whatever the nature of the planet is retrograde, there's some repeat action. And that means nobody, uh, no retrograding or repeating action on any born child between now and the 9th of March. Now, they still have karmic past lives and karmic events, but they're not necessarily being in the realm of repeating one particular type of karmic significance with other people. Wow. I, you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because I, my, a Lauren's friend uh, had, a, she's a female and she had Venus retrograde in her chart. I can't remember where, but, and every, it seemed like every, every body she ever came in contact with is, was, either didn't work out or you know but it but i i remember you saying that that it's you know it's all about repeating or you know um or karmic responsibilities i always call it, call it from from uh past lifetimes of these different you know suitors and people even friends right ron or it's just yeah, love even friends. Um, there, and I have no connection to this author or this book in any way, but there was a good book written a number of years back called Retrograde and Reincarnation. And the author was Martin Schulman. And Martin Schulman had, had a bestseller before that book called The Moon's Nodes and Reincarnation and went into that. And then his second work was Retrograde and Reincarnation, showing how a retrograding planet is a repeating of a certain energy of what that planet means. And uh, both books were quite eye-opening and very well written. Ron? Yes, I can hear you now. I'm here. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. So what were we saying? Because uh, this, we're, oh, we're just talking about the retrograde this incarnation. I know I, you were telling us about the book, which is what is so fascinating. Yeah, I, I, then I had no connection to this book or this author, but there was a good book written years back called Retrogrades and Reincarnation by Martin Schulman. Um, S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N, I believe is his last name, Schulman. What so what do you what I love of course I love past lives you know that I probably am making up six hundred million of them before I'll actually not have to come back because but but uh, but what and I always say this is well what the heck but what do you feel when you see Venus with retrograde in a chart or go through the planets when you see them retrograde in someone's chart 
and I'm not, you know, we're just talking general. What does that show you? Well, first of all, Venus retrograde in a man's or a woman's chart will be repeating relationship patterns from past. The same soul, but now in a different body in the current modern era. And in the general level, it means females that you will know in both the man or woman's life without a relationship. I mean, female friends, females that you work with, females that you uh, form an acquaintance with, female neighbors. Females in your life can often be individuals that you have once known before because Venus is very much akin to uh, the feminine sex. Now, we're going to have Mars go retrograde this year. We're going to have Venus go retrograde. But Mars will go retrograde June 26th, and it will stay retrograde through August 27th. So it's there for two months. And it'll turn retrograde in Aquarius, I believe. And uh, so anyone born between June 26th through August 27th will have a retrograde Mars. And that means, especially in a woman's chart, a man that she's attracted to or any boyfriends or any boyfriends in high school or uh, any romantic interests, any marriage partners, um, these are repeat energies in her life. Now, in the case of a man, it was being male friends, males that he knows, males that he works with, male associates, neighbors. They are people, many of them are not new souls. They're people he will know because Mars re represents the male sex and represents men. And Mars does not go retrograde every year. It goes retrograde every two years. And so 2018 is the year of a Mars retrograde. And you know what else, Bonnie, is happening? Um, what? At that time, Mars is at the closest it will be to the Earth in decades, decades of time. Wow. In the Why? So I want everyone to know Mars, Mars is from a regular little uh, dim red star to a, to a quite a bright, bright red star in the sky. Um, and it will be during the month of July. It will be the closest it ever passes to the Earth. And the closest has done that for, for many, many years. So I heard wow. an astronomer that even if you have a fairly good-sized portable telescope in your yard, you can aim it at Mars and see the whole planet with the telescope. You might even be able to see one of the, the poles with the snow on it. Um, that's how close it will come, so it will be much easier to see. Now, I want to warn everybody, Bonnie, about one thing, because this false email will reappear again. But every once in a while, somebody starts a false email saying, Mars is going to get so big in the sky, it will be as big as the moon, and it will be as giant as the moon. Well, if you get that, forget it. That's nonsense. The planet is twice as far from the sun as the Earth. In fact, the Earth is the midpoint between Mars and the sun. So it's twice as far away from the sun, and it's half the size of the Earth. And the only thing it could ever look like is a, a red-colored star in the sky. It cannot get big like the moon. But I've even had doctors tell me, saying, oh, I was reading this email how Mars is going to get so big it'll be as big as the moon. Well, that's impossible. It can't do that. Um, but it can get brighter and bigger as far as looking through a telescope, being closer to us, and Mars looks like a red-colored star, just a kind of dull red color. But when it gets close to the Earth, it turns into like a, a big red-colored star, shiny, bright red, almost like a red eye in the sky. 
And that's going to happen wow. this July. Wow. I, what does it mean to have, well, and I want to go back to the phone lines, but what does it mean to have, I don't know if I, I missed this on, and I know we were talking about Venus retrograde, but what yeah, is and Mars have, is going to be retrograde. What if you have, have both, did you say? What if you have Pluto retrograde in your chart? That's the most common retrograding planet because it retrogrades five and a half months out of each year. So um, six and a half months is not retrograde, five and a half it is. So almost half the people have a Pluto retrograde um, and the other half do not. Slightly edged wow. those do not. But that means because Pluto stays retrograde five and a half months. Um, it means that Pluto, when it's retrograde, is working more from the subconscious. That means the subconscious energies, the subconscious dreams, the subconscious sensoriness is very, very strong. But the person has to work a little bit at it to bring that subconscious power to the surface, to their conscious mind and to their daily activity mind and work. And the subconscious energy of a retrograde Pluto is very powerful within. There's often gut-level feeling, gut-level inner knowing inner gut level instincts and a lot of intuitive power. Now, inside, but that doesn't mean it's got to be buried there their whole life. So when I see a retrograde Pluto, I say, in the course of your life, if you really devote yourself to really spiritual meditation and really work to bring out healing power, intuitive knowledge, intuitive insight, understanding of psychic dreams, um, that's bringing that subconscious hidden buried in you stuff to the conscious mind and you have greater use of it then because it's being expressed in your outer world through your awake-like self and so your conscious self. So that's what a retrograde Pluto is versus a non-retrograde. A non-retrograde, the power is there. It isn't necessarily un in the subconscious. It's just there on the surface and will always be there. Ah, okay. Well, listen, I want to get back to the phone line. So, and then we'll, we'll talk more about retrogrades, past lives, and oh, all kinds of astrology in the sky. 303, you're on with Ron. Hi. Oh, Bonnie, hello, and happy new year. I missed you over the holiday. Hello ah. there. <laughs> Thank you. I Thank you. I miss being here. Hi, Allison. Uh, I have missed being here, honey. It has just uh, been uh, that's what I was saying in the beginning. I just, you guys are all my family. And when I don't bloviate over the radio, I feel like something's uh -huh. missing. So uh -huh. I am well, I'm going to hand How was your holidays? It was okay. It was just okay. I, I am, I can be honest, I am more than relieved they are over. So well, I think there's year. some people that, yeah, I did. I it was really it was a tough one for me too. But you know, every yeah, holiday is a tough one for me that that year because my dad, who is my best friend, yeah. died on December sixteenth. Right. So it's not. I uh -huh. mean, December twenty sixth, December sixteenth, and it's always a tough one for me. But do you yeah. have a question for Ron? Yeah. Hi, Ron. Hello, Allison. Are you pulling? Are you um, actually pulling up uh, needle charts? today or are you just you're just taking general questions um because i don't have anything to pull up a natal chart and i'm just taking general questions but okay. like about some of the aspects the trends the things in the future or now oh, okay. okay um there's something because i um i love this 
I, I've spoken with Bonnie about this before as well. I think she knows. But you know, I just love astrology. It's just a passion of mine. I have been studying it just on my own, you know, for about half my life. So it's always such a great <laughs> delight to talk to other astrologers. So, um, but my question here, and I, um, um, and I know my own chart too, so I'm kind of looking at that and inspires the question. What do you feel, um, or how do you interpret? A you know with the Pluto um, uh, going into Capricorn, what do you feel about a, a Pluto transiting over your natal part of fortune? Okay, I, I know um, it depends. How, I know it depends on the house. So I don't know if you want to get specific to that or just in general. How do you perceive that? That's a very good question, Bonnie. Sometimes uh, when the callers have come in, I noticed they fade in and out, but I got pretty much what Allison said. So sometimes I ask for just a little bit of help as to what they said. Please don't misunderstand. I'm not I'm not hearing. It's just that they've been fainting. But I, I understand about the Pluto part of fortune transit. Now, that one is quite interesting. The part of fortune is one of what we call the Arabic part. In the Middle Ages, the Arabic astrologers of the world calculated many different parts. There's a part of marriage, there's a part of death, there's a part of this, a part of that. And one of them is the part of fortune. And that's the one that states the most um, common in usage of any of the Arabic parts. And it is connected to financial gain and financial um, importance. Pluto is one of the best money producers after it produces a shakedown. In other words, first, there is some kind of issue, some kind of challenge, some kind of small earthquake, and that has to be kind of faced up to first. But once you get through that, and it does not last long, then Pluto starts providing. The word Pluto in English, we call this planet, and even the god in the Roman god, Pluto, by name, that translates in English to mean the one of wealth, the rich one. So the very name Pluto really? means the rich. So when it goes over the part of fortune, that's very favorable for money. But it gives you first a challenge. It gives you first a big hurdle to get through. It gives you first a little bit of a shaky period before it starts flowing financially. Jupiter, as opposed to Pluto, will bring you money without that shakedown or that earthquake. Um, it'll just start flowing right away. Venus brings in less money, but it's also softer and easier. Pluto always says, you're getting money, but you're going to have to kind of go through a few um, strides or steps to get to that. But once you get past that, it really can produce a lot of money. In fact, in studying charts, and I haven't done this, but the astrologers around the world have, of lottery winning, people who hit big lottery jackpots, the majority of them hit it when they were under a major Pluto transit or a major Jupiter transit. Those were the two planets that produced the most affluence in acquiring financial solvency or immediate amounts of money. So that, in the long run, Allison, is a good one for you, even though it gave you a little bit of a shakedown at first. You know, that's wow. really, that's really, really interesting. I'm going to have to go back to my chart and see exactly because, um, because I know my part of fortune is um, near the it's in the very early degrees of Capricorn, or I think it's like two degrees or something like that. Oh, well, now Saturn is going over that now, not Pluto. I'm sorry? 
Well, if it's like two degrees Capricorn, that's more like where Saturn is at now. Pluto right now is about uh, 17, I think. Oh, yeah. But I'm trying to remember when this, I'm going to have to go back and look on my chart because I'm just doing this. Okay. The, the part, but um, let, let, because I know it was very, uh, but you have, see how much of a, um, um, degrees you give it five, a wide five degrees. So you treat the port of fortune just as you would with a, uh, treat that uh, regular planet then with the, um, two degrees, three degrees, five degrees basically is the. Yeah, I would be a little tighter with the fortune. I'd say two degrees maybe. Oh, two degrees. Okay. All right. Um, because I'm just like, now you really have my curiosity because the part of fortune, just for people who, who don't know what it is, it's, it's the exact degrees between the sun, your sun and your moon. It's a math, math, mathematical calculation. It's not itself an asteroid or a body in the sky, but it's the mathematical midpoint between the sun and the moon. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's actually true. It is it is involved with the sun, moon, and ascendant, and the calculations between them, and that becomes the part of fortune. And that's Correct. one reason why it's probably one of the easiest parts to figure out, because it involves those major points of the chart, the sun, the moon, and also the ascendant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, right. well, wait a minute, Ron. Where's my fortune? Did you figure that one out? <laughs> Where's mine? I, I want to out because what is mine? Part of the, the moon is from the sun, and whether it's in the order of the signs or in the contra order and going backwards in the signs, you find out how far apart they are in degrees and minutes, and then you take that same degree and minute distance away from the natal ascendant, and that point will be the part of fortune. And any, yeah, any, do you any get natal it? chart, yeah. Yeah, any natal chart company get- will have that. If you go online and you calculate your chart, the part of fortune looks like a circle with a with a cut divided into four parts. It's a tiny little symbol, so it's easy to overlook. But that's what that is. And then and, and that's um, the computers will calculate it. That is true. Yeah. By the way, right. Allison, that symbol of the the little cross, kind of a cross inside a circle, that's yeah. the symbol of the Earth. And interestingly enough, if a child would be born on Mars, because they're talking about colonizing Mars and other planets, um, and they would have the Earth in their chart, that's the symbol we would use for the Earth. Oh, that makes wow. sense. Like the Earth divided into the... Excuse me. That's the Earth symbol. Yeah. Divided wow. Oh, like well, Allison, I... And what that really means, spirit inside matter. Um, the, the cross uh-huh. indicates matter and in the case spirit, and that means a spirit incarnate in matter. Uh-huh. Wow. I love that. Yeah. And that is so to look at us here on the earth. We're all spirits incarnate in a material body. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Huh. I love that, Ron. I mean, we should do a show. Maybe the next time we could go through the symbols and what they mean. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. And, you know, the part of fortune is often overlooked. Now, Allison, when I first studied astrology, you had to calculate it. It had to be in everybody's chart. And I don't know, but over time, it started to be less and less there, and people started using it less. And I think it's because more modern-day astrology doesn't teach it as much. And yet, the Arabs did find something. All these Arabic parts, and there are like 70 of them, uh, a whole list of them, they really did this all mathematically and calculatively, and boy, they have found things that even modern-day astrologers with all the computers and things we have today 
would find this hard to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, and you know, that was you, you know, we're coming into um, January 12, 2020, so it'll be two years from now. January 12, 2020, Pluto and Saturn will come together and line up, and they're going to be at 22 degrees, 46 minutes, Capricorn. And then Jupiter is just slightly behind that. It's about 11 Capricorn. And so Jupiter will reach that point, that conjunction point, uh, on March the 19th, just about two months later. So when we get into early 2020, we're going to have Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all in Capricorn. And we're getting the actual coming together, the actual exact alignment and what we call in astrology a conjunction of Saturn and Pluto, and it'll be, as I said, 22 degrees, 46 minutes, Capricorn. So people always say, well, what does that mean? Well, Mm -hmm. that's, again, a feminine sign, but it's also an earth sign, and we're getting a lot of earth signs. Mm -hmm. We'll have Jupiter in an earth sign, Saturn in an earth sign, Pluto in an earth sign, Uranus and Taurus in an earth sign, and that's all very interesting because I'm wondering how much uh, virtual money or what we might start out by thinking is bitcoins and other forms of uh, virtual money are going to be kind of pushed upon the world as Uranus goes into Taurus on May 15th and later. So that means the first five, five and a half months of this year, it's still in Aries, but May 15th, it goes into Taurus. And Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius. It's the ruler of the new age. And it's the ruler of computers. It's the ruler of the internet. And I'm wondering, and Taurus is a sign of money, financial money, financial flow, fiscal and financial institutes, banks, money itself. Yes, I, guess I didn't have that. Taurus anywhere on my chart, but what can you do? Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, the last time it was in Taurus was 1935 to 1942. And what it did back then was pull the U.S. and other countries out of the Great Depression. When it first entered oh. in Taurus, we were in the Great Depression. And by the time it was there a few years, by the, it started in the mid-30s. By the 1939, we were in a year of great prosperity, when 10 years before the Great Depression started in 1929. In 1939, we had the New York World Fair. We had the greatest year in Hollywood movie history. We had great blockbusters like Gone with the Wind, The Wizard of Oz, and every kind of famous movie you can imagine released that year. People were spending money. Uranus transitioned us out of the Great Depression and into a time of prosperity. Now, don't get nervous because it ended and went into Gemini when we got into World War II. I am not saying it's going to lead us into war. This time, it's going to take us to another level of monetary shifting with it going through Taurus. And that's going to be, um, well, let's say it honestly. It's virtual reality money. That's really what it is. Um, You're not dealing with folded bills or credit cards or paper checks. You're dealing with um, a monetary basis, bitcoins and others. Um, so that's going to be kind of pushed and emphasized, and um, the, the move forward is going to be intensified once Uranus gets into Taurus. And then two years from now, we've got all these Earth planets coming together, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, three big ones. And we're going to be in a year or time of some great financial changeovers from 2018 into 2020. Hmm. That's going to be very interesting. 
countries and certain people who will not give in to virtual money, to Bitcoins, or what is like Bitcoins. Because Bitcoins is just one example of virtual money. It isn't the only one out there. And as you know, during our last show, Bonnie, a month ago, Bitcoins was at like one of their highest points, and it has fallen in value since then. So even today, Uranus is not there today in Taurus. It won't be there till mid-May. Um, it's still kind of a bit of a, a shaky foundation with Bitcoin. And then I'm not going to say it's going to get wonderful, but it will still go up and down, but it will start becoming more of what business is going to demand. Um, I was shocked to hear a radio show recently saying uh, from a man from New York who was saying in his city, New York City, there's certain places that don't take cash anymore. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. They wanted to just have a credit card. Then they could trace you, you see through your credit cards. Well, um, well, remember, remember, Ron, which I think is really interesting. I know, Allison, you're still on here. Um, the, the, the bit about, you know, like uh, Apple Pay and all that, I, I'm, uh, you know, uh, another thing is Amazon. You put your credit card in, you can order everything. So, and do you want to hear what's really changed is food shopping. Because food shopping, now you can order it online off Amazon. You can order it from Publix, and you have your credit card in there. There's no money exchange, and they come and they deliver your groceries. So everything, I feel, is going towards virtual uh, money. Unfortunately or unfortunately, we're in the older generation or the middle generation, but the young generation isn't even going to know what money is at one point. So it'll be really interesting um, people will, you know, I always think that Bitcoin's like the barter system because I don't think there's money involved. Uh, if you have a house and it's worth $17,000 and the Bitcoin's at $17,000, you put in, if you coin, now you have a house uh, and they get your Bitcoin. Uh, it always reminds me of, of play money, but that's not really what it is. But that's what it reminds me of. But I do see the future going that way because technology is going that way. And I would imagine well, astrology... Go ahead. Oh, you just said it with the supermarket starting now with um, your credit card and, and ordering and, and online and delivery. This is the future, and I know a lot of people are not comfortable with that. It is divided by age. Younger people have only known that or are soon to only know that, so that will be their way of looking. But that Uranus's meaning of the seven-year transit. It will enter Taurus May 15th, as I said, 2018, and it's going to stay in Taurus until July 7th, 2025, and then it'll go into Gemini. Wow. Now, a little time late this year and next year in which it retrogrades back into the very, very ending of Aries, and that will be November 7th, 2018 through March 6th, 2019. So you take out that brief number of months there. Everything else from May 15th of this year until July 7th of 2025, all the other months and years will be Uranus and Taurus. So it transformed us out of a, a world crisis financially into a more prosperous world the last time around. Now, that was not an Aquarian age time, though. We weren't in the Aquarian age like we are now, 80-some years right. later. And this is a different form of transformation. Um, it's interesting that, that Uranus in Taurus has been times in which countries have changed uh, finances, uh, changed the types of money they use in the past, long ago past history. It's also been the times uh, 
economic um, turbulence changed. Um, so it has tended to been a, uh, it has tended to produce alternatives or ways out where money is concerned. Yeah, I mean it's just crazy. Ever since you know you have predicted almost through astrology the weather, it's amazing. I mean it can it, it can show you trends and and things that are happening on a large, long scale. So I, that's why astrology is so interesting to me, Ron. It, yeah, it, it is, so... isn't it? It is. And, you know, Allison, I, I don't know if you're still on the line, but if you're not you're hearing this, you can go back and look at an ephemeris for the 21st of December of 2017, a mere less than two weeks ago, and you'll see that day, Saturn, zero Capricorn, Sun, zero Capricorn. Uh, anytime the Sun enters a cardinal sign, the second it enters it, a new season starts. Now, I think it was, uh, this is from memory, it was like 11, 18 a.m. shortly before noon on the uh, 21st of December, the Sun left Sagittarius and entered Capricorn, and that starts the winter. And when you hear the weatherman or the news reporters saying the winter will start at 11, 18 a.m. Well, what they're not telling you is the sun astrologically is moving into a sign that will begin a new season. And that's the exact second the sun moved into Capricorn. Zero degrees is the very beginning of a new sign. Not, not one, but zero. Now, the second the sun enters the sign of Aries, spring will start. The second it enters the sign of Cancer, and that's around the 21st of June, uh, summer will start. Of course, this is all for the northern hemisphere. So if you're listening to the southern hemisphere, just reverse the season. And the second, around September 21st, a uh, day or so either side of that, when the sun enters Libra, the second it enters Libra, autumn will start. Wow. So, and you know, all cardinal signs start seasons. Why? Do you know? Why do they pick the instead of the I guess they wouldn't pick a fixed sign because they're not fixed. Well, well fixed signs maybe in the middle are. of the start of season or end of season, they are kind of half, they, they carry the season through. Cardinal signs are, because all seasons last three months, and there are cardinal, fixed, or mutable signs. Cardinal signs, that Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn, when the sun enters there, we start a brand new season. Then fixed signs, right after those, continue the season from the beginning of the sign to the ending, and then the final is mutable, that would be the four signs of Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces. They're the last sign of the season. They're the last of the three months. You're still in that season, and that would have been like, oh, November 21st to December 21st when the sun goes through Sagittarius. So those are signs that are kind of bringing the season eventually to an end, and the next season will start the moment the sun enters the following sign. Well, what does, what does fixed, mutable, and um, fixed, mutable, and... What do they mean? And, yeah, um, cardinal, what do they mean? Cardinal, Aries, <laughs> yes, and cardinal. Cancer, I love cardinal. Cardinal means leadership. Cardinal means... Those are signs of leadership. The more planets you have in Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, the more you, you are a boss, a leader, you take charge, you run things, you start things, you initiate things. Uh, some people have a lot of plans and they could be control freaks, and I don't mean to be negative, but they can get that kind of extent of leadership. Now, fixed signs are heart, and then they're Leo, and they are Scorpio, and they are Aquarius. Um, 
signs are more resilient to change. They're more stubborn. Uh, they can be fixed in views or in opinions or insecurities because they don't start a season or end a season. They just continue it in the middle month of the three. And that means they're fixed in nature, too. Now, then, the last is called mutable. And those are um, the signs of Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces. Those are the last signs of a month, and those are the flexible signs. Those are the travelers. Those are the ones that are more prone to change or make changes. They're the ones that are more um, flexible and more pliable and uh, have that kind of instinct about them. Wow. You know, we have learned just so much on this show, and we I, I can't even tell you how appreciative I am. I like everybody to know again that Ron's a cancer, just like me. So I I love that, and I we are we are we're cardinal signs, right? Yeah, you and I are cardinal signs. And by the way, Bonnie, I you mentioned that we share a birthday, and this year we're going to get a birthday eclipse. I hope you understand that. And any of you listening out there, born near July 13th. Now we happen to be July 14th. But let's say five days either side of July 13th. So let's go July 8th through the 13th and from the 13th through the 18th. From July 8th through the 18th, anybody born any year, there's going to be an eclipse that will hit your sun, your S-U-N sun, not the S-O-N sun. And uh, (laughs) this eclipse will be July 13th. And uh, this is why you and I, Bonnie, are getting a birthday eclipse this year, because we are having an eclipse just hit us, hitting us right by where our sun is at. The eclipse will actually be at 20 degrees of cancer. And it's a solar eclipse. We cannot see it here because in the part of the world we are at, it will be uh, not visible. Um, but it is still the sun and moon lining up in cancer on July the 13th. And it's a partial eclipse who can see it, it will not have the moon completely covering the sun like we have in our country here in July, I'm, I'm sorry, August 21st of 2017. The moon will only cover part of the sun. Now, those of you that were not in the passive totality of the August 21st eclipse, but put on your eclipse glasses and you can see the moon covering part of the sun, still a little bit of the sun showing. That's what this eclipse will be like on in the areas of the world where you could see it on July 13th. The moon will not go completely over the face of the sun and block it out, but it will cover parts of the sun. So this is called a partial eclipse, still an eclipse, and it's a solar eclipse. What does that mean for us, Ron, though? What does that solar uh, that eclipse mean? We'll come into big, big, big changes here, kiddo. That means the period from our birthday until the early part of 2019, six months or so beyond our birthday, um, we've got new stuff happening. We have new things occurring fast. We have new opportunities coming out of the woodwork. We're going to have all kinds of things happen in our lives because the sun deals with our power and our empowerment and our ability to handle power, and it gives us the ability to administer things. Now, that can give better health because the sun is connected to vitality. That can give more robustness and energy. That can give greater opportunities for work, for business, for administrating our power. That can give us greater leaderships with clubs, societies, charities, etc. That can give us opportunity to take on new things and change from old habits, break those up, and let them go. And 
that's good for losing weight. That's good for gaining weight. If you need to do it, one of those two. That's no, good for I need just... to lose weight. What did you say, Bonnie? I said I need to lose weight, Ron. You know that. Well, you and me both. We both share the same birthday and we both share that same desire. That eclipse actually yes. can be very helpful for us because it is a, it will affect the energy of the body, and even the metabolistic energy of the body, because the sun is very much connected to vitality and the vitalization of the body. So that can help you actually lose weight faster or more on a steady basis. Okay. I am so excited. I will have to get, you know what, my yearly update will be really cool at that. You know, we, I always get it in, in the beginning of July or in June. I always do a uh, progressive chart, so I can't wait. I, I'm sure you've told me because I come in so much. But I well, Bonnie, so I've been watching this eclipse for years because I know this one was coming up on my birthday, and I knew this years ago. So I kept thinking, oh, that's July 13th eclipse, one day away from the birthday in 2018 is going to be something to wait Yay! for. Just like I was aware years ago of this total solar eclipse visible here in the country, of this past August, I knew that was coming up. And uh, we don't have another solar eclipse from that time visible for seven years, but there will be one that will come up about 2023, I think 2024. That one will be visible right through the middle part of Texas and it'll swing up and go into the Great Lakes. It'll go right around Southern Lake Erie. It'll be visible through Toledo, Cleveland, Buffalo. It'll briefly go up to Canada and then back into the state of Maine. Um, so it'll be kind of a heartland eclipse going from the Gulf of Mexico and, and Mexico itself right into the central part of Texas and right up. Um, it'll go right over Carbondale, Illinois, which had this eclipse this year, and then it'll curve up to Cleveland, Ohio, and the Great Lakes, and then kind of go northeast for a while. And it will go into uh, Quebec, Canada, and then it'll come back to the state of Maine. All these areas I've just mentioned will be under the path of totality. Uh, the sun will completely be covered by the moon during that eclipse. Well, I am excited to find out about what mine means because everything is about me and you just happen to have my birthday. But, Ron, we have two minutes left. Please tell everybody again how they can get a hold of you for a private reading. And, again, you all know this is my astrologist. So, Ron, again, before we leave, please tell everybody how to get a hold of you. And also in, in the subject line, I don't know if you put that, put radio show so he knows to answer your emails. But go ahead, right. tell them I'm, how to get a well, hold of you. Yeah, please put Bonnie's radio show so I'll know it's from this show as opposed to just some email I may be cautious of opening. Again, you could reach me at livingastro at aol.com or if you prefer, you could use this other email, Ronald Cole, run the names together, C-O-L-E, Ronald Cole, 945 at gmail.com and all and you, you want to do is information if you're ready for a reading just provide me with your city date and time of birth that's what I'll need for having a chart reading well he is amazing he is a plethora of knowledge I always say instead of googling we just ask Ron that's my joke in the house so everyone please know that Ron is so fabulous uh, get a hold of him. He's also on Facebook. So if you could Facebook him, Ron, how do you? Yeah, that's true. I am on Facebook. Now, there are other Ronald Coles on Facebook, but look for the one with the picture with the orange tint. Um, 
a group of photographs was taken, and one of them came out glowing orange. And we can't explain oh. why. Use that as my Facebook page. So if you wonder why that picture is kind of glowing orange, no explanation, because nothing was in any of the other pictures before or after that. Well, I know why. It's either what, the what? Uh, archangel. It's one of your angels. It's either Haniel or Shamuel. I will look it up and give you that information. We only have 60 seconds. Everyone, I have Jerry Humphreys breaking down the house tomorrow for 2018. So please come and see me and right from over the tomorrow at one. Ron, I do want to thank you. You know how much I love you. We are just kindred souls. And again, we will see you very soon because astrology is so important. And I love it as well as all of my audience does too. So I want to thank you, Ron, for being here and for giving us all the information. And we hope to hear you soon. So thank you, Ron. Thank you, Bonnie. It's been my pleasure. See you tomorrow at one. Bye. Bye.